Hello, welcome to Sip Tea with Allie, and today I want to share about something that happened over this weekend that is super duper exciting. It still feels surreal, and I'm telling you, it felt like a dream, and I don't think it really hit me <laughs> until like today. And I wanted to share this with you guys because it was a special moment in my life. Um, I act like I'm talking about some sort of big thing and I'm really not and you could probably assume from the title what this episode is about but I wanted to share about it in kind of detail and whatnot um, but I have to make it short and sweet because I have a lot of stuff I have to get done today and I have class and like less than an hour so I gotta really book it. Um, But I wanted to share this. I wanted to sit down and talk about this because you guys know that literature and films hold a special place in my in my heart because from a young age, I was turning to these things for comfort. So I've suffered with anxiety and um, like a sleep disorder my entire life. I was like that since basically I came out of the womb. Um. And I think a lot of it just is, like, hereditary and my environment, you know, um, just had a lot of, like, friend drama and various different things going on in my life when I was just, I was really little. I've had people say really harsh stuff to me, and as crazy as it sounds, like, I, it's like I can't, I feel like how I feel right now is going to be basically like this for my whole entire life because I have basically felt like this since I was born and I am just assuming that it's going to come and go in different waves like in how strong I'm going to feel anxious or how strong I'm going to I don't know I'm going to feel like I'm not confident you know and have um I guess have a lot of doubts in myself and whatnot and so I think it's been difficult because it's like I've had to try to find different ways to cope because it's not that I'm going to get over these things I'm going to get through these things I was talking to my friend about this um, last night over a text and we were just like okay you don't get over things like anxiety we have to accept that you can't you can't get over those type of things because it's kind of like You've been with it for so long. It's a part of who you are. I mean, it's not a part of who you are, but it will convince you that it's a part of who you are. But it's basically like that little gremlin or something that you don't want in your life. You know, like it's always going to be there. And we fall back on it because it's what we know. So that's kind of how I, I guess it's kind of like what has led me to find so much joy in writing in reading and watching films it's just that creative world building type of atmosphere in those type of I guess they wouldn't be fields but I mean technically they are fields but um in those creative type forms of entertainment you know um and I feel like it allows me to feel like I can express myself and it allows me to feel like I have a voice because for a while, I think when I was younger, I felt like a lot of people shut me down in my life 
And I think a lot of people kind of do nowadays. It's not like, but you know what's crazy though, is that like we will try to convince ourselves that people are shutting us down, but in theory, they can just say something harsh to you and you can allow it to bring you down. Like we have the choice whether or not we're going to allow what someone said to us bother us. But when I was little, I didn't think about that. When someone says something harsh to you, makes fun of you, it's kind of like, ouch, I feel like I'm such a horrible person. And I think because I felt like that, you know, at a young age, like people making fun of me, it felt like, oh, that's, it's like, I automatically assume that people who made fun of me then, like, their opinion of me, you know, calling me a nerd because I had glasses. And like, I automatically assume even to this day that anytime I wear my glasses, people are going to think that, um, you know, there's been times where, you know, my skin has been a struggle for me and it still is, but like it fluctuates as everything does. And there was a time where a friend's little sister was like, do you even wash your face or whatever? Like, have you tried washing your face or something like that? And it's just these little remarks over time. Those are just two things. But those little things that kind of made me feel insecure. And I didn't know that I had the power to say, okay, what they said hurt. And it wasn't right, but maybe they meant no harm. Or even if they meant harm, that's not my problem. That's their problem. That's something that they need to work out on, you know, work out for themselves. Like, they shouldn't be saying those type of things, you know? But I can't think that that person is a horrible person or I can't shut myself away from the world. But I think, in a way, I wanted this escapism and that's why I escape into books. I escape into films, into songs, and even into my own writing. You know, I create a lot of worlds, I create a lot of characters, I create stories. I will always be that way, I always have been. It's never been on paper, and when I was younger, I was very imaginative. You know, I was always imagining myself in different situations, or um, it's like I was writing stories before I even actually wrote them, if that makes sense. Like, I was writing them in my head. I was becoming this blossoming artist at a young age and I didn't know it I didn't think I had any ability and I sure as heck did not have you know the ability to really compose my thoughts into an ordered form on a piece of paper I mean I could have but I I was just not that smart and I've been, I want to say that I've been smart in different ways, you know, like we, we're all smart. We don't have to be book smart or test smart and whatnot, but we always have something that we're good at. You know, God gives us talents or a love for something and a passion for something. And we can use that to serve him. And I always thought that was so beautiful. And for me, I was like, well, I love I love creating things. I love expressing myself. I love sharing a part of myself with people around me because I feel like if you want to get to know me better, you either you either have to be like a really good listener and be really patient with me or you have to really try to understand who I am through the music that I like 
or the art that I create or how I write, you know, what I share with people, what means a lot to me, you know? And so I've talked a lot about books and different things that have meant a lot to me. You know, I've talked a lot about Narnia and I've talked quite a bit on The Outsiders, not too much, but I'd have to say, you know, I've never had a book impact me the way it did for any of the books in the Narnia series or like The Outsiders. Like I've nothing compares to how much God spoke to me and grew my love for him and for life and for just literature and everything creative, you know, just the little things in life, you know, um, like the outsiders made me start, start to, I guess, realize how you never want, I guess it's like what the character Johnny says. He's like, I used to talk about killing myself. And he says, you know, this is kind of a spoiler, but he's like, now that I'm like dying, um, he's like, am I, he's like, now I just want to live, you know, like, it's like, you don't think about it, but it's like, oh man, life sucks, I wish I could die, I wish I could escape it, you know, we've, we, we might have had that thought, you know, even if like, none of us are suicidal, we have thought about, wow, I want to escape from this world, and that's okay to feel that, some of us feel it more deeply than others, and just, approach it very differently but we have all been in a situation where we're like ouch life sucks I wish I could escape it or like oh goodness lord can you just take me now you know and it's difficult because there's a reason why you're on this earth and sometimes it can be difficult to know what that reason is but everyone has a purpose and I mean, God just uses people in so many different ways. And I think the outsiders made me realize that. And honestly, I've already shared a lot about what the outsiders meant to me. And I I know I've shared that um, on Instagram with a few people and stuff like that. And a lot of people said like, wow, you made me want to read this book. Or, oh, I couldn't relate more and I haven't even read the book. And, it, and it's nice to know that like this book has impacted people that way or has made people step back and look at their life and realize wow there's a reason to still live and or there's a reason that you should get up each day and tackle the day even if it's hard um because there's still lots of good left in the world and I think that's something that that book really stresses and it's so beautifully written And it really made me just appreciate the little things in life, like watching sunsets or watching cartoons or just hanging out with my friends and my family and laughing or, I don't know, (laughs) I have a, I don't know, I've had an even higher appreciation for chocolate cake and jean jackets and I think an Outsiders fan would know what I mean by that. I have had a lot more chocolate and a lot more, well, I haven't had a lot more jean jackets, but I've worn my jean jacket a lot more. It's kind of like a comfort thing for me now, as weird as it sounds, but that film has to be one of the best book-to-film adaptions. And 
I would say almost, I don't know, (laughs) I can't talk, I would say almost the exact same thing for Narnia, especially The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, um, that has to be the best, then I, it's up there, I guess you could say, like, Narnia is up there with The Outsiders for sure for me, as well as, like, The Maze Runner, I'd have to say, like, the Narnia series, the, um, Maze Runner series, and then just The Outsiders in general, because it's just a novel standalone, I wish it was a series, um, those have to be my three favorite, I guess, like, I can't say books, because it's, like, a, some of them are series of books, I guess series plus a novel, so those are my favorite, because, I think I might have mentioned that before when I was younger, but, like, I, um, I had a hard time getting into reading just because my attention span was just, like, all over the place. I was like, oh, whatever, I want to go do something else. Because it's like when you're not doing homework and stuff, you're like, I should be watching TV. And when you're little, your attention span just isn't even that great. And you have to be doing something, like, really engaging or entertaining. Um, At least for me personally, some kids were, like, crazy geniuses and, like, were reading 50 books a year or something. Um, I kind of was forced to read books when I was younger, but the books that I ended up really liking, I mean, still impact me to this day. There were a lot of books I liked when I was younger, like The Borrowers was a great one. I like zoomed past that that one. I tried reading the rest in the series and I just couldn't even get through the second book. It's just really long and the author really draws out the journey of the characters once they leave the house. And I was just like, I can't, this is too stressful. Um... So I actually didn't read the rest of that series. There were a lot of other books that I felt like I was forced to read at times and I just didn't like them. And then there were others that I was like, wow, <laughs> I love this. Um, and, and those books still, you know, I still think about them to this day. But yeah, anyways, I've just been heavily impacted by films, music, books, all that jazz. And so if if I was ever given the opportunity to do anything related to those things that was really special and almost like a dream, of course I'm going to try to do this thing. So I found out that C. Thomas Howell, he played Ponyboy Curtis, the main character in the Outsiders film, and he decided that he was going to pick up guitar and just start writing music and he did this last year during COVID and everything and it was really because he wanted to well one try something new and express himself he's always wanted to do this but two it's because he really wanted to um I guess with COVID and everything going on he just wanted to kind of give back to people around him and so there were a lot of songs that he dedicated to his family like he wrote his wrote a song to his dad called Ride. It's it's a good song, but he hasn't taken any of it to the studio yet. You know, you can find some videos of him on Instagram. Um, some people have taken videos and uploaded it on YouTube, but he doesn't have a YouTube channel that I know of. So he's really just starting out, but he's really talented, um, very country. Um, and he was doing a tour. He was actually... Um, He's been in various different states, and so um, I got fortunate enough to go and see him. It was quite a drive. Um, it wasn't too bad, but it was quite a drive, 
and I was able to go see him with my dad and my sister um, and I was able to get a VIP ticket so I was like oh my goodness I'm literally meeting an actor who is in my one of my favorite films that's based off of one of my favorite books and he's the main character in the film and I was like and also he's met so many other people so it was also surreal to think about wow here I am meeting someone who knows the rest of the cast and everything and the outsiders and it was really 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 surreal and I was still like this isn't happening what the heck I felt really nervous when we were driving there and I was like oh my goodness I'm gonna embarrass myself what do I say and I just decided that I wasn't gonna think about it I was gonna have a good time and when I got there I felt really relieved because I thought the meet and greet was right before the show but it was after the show and I was like oh that's great so the show actually didn't start even though it said it was supposed to start at eight we forgot that there was an opening act so there was an opening act and everything um and he played for almost an hour he was pretty good though but I was like oh my goodness where is Tommy this is like scaring me I was like he's coming right (laughs) okay and so I was thinking that and everybody was like okay it's gonna start soon just like hold it out or whatever I was like fine I'll hold out I'll wait I'll be patient (laughs) and then lo and behold he comes from a side door um, like, not even on the stage, is literally inside, and he is asking, like, an assistant something, and she was, like, selling t-shirts and all that stuff, and I was, like, oh my goodness, there he is, you know, and he's, um, he's, like, really close to everybody, and everybody kind of, like, turns around, and they're, like, Tommy, um, it was great, and then everybody's just kind of watching him while he's talking to this lady, and then he turns around, what do you think he do? What do you think he does? Like I, I, I can't even like talk about it without it making me like so like frazzled. And I'm like whoa. Um, so what he does is he turns around towards the people after he's done talking to this assistant, and out of the entire crowd of people, and, I, and keep in mind I was kind of close to him. Um, but like there were still lots of other people around me and in front of me and stuff, and. You know, I was, like, watching him and whatnot. Turns around. He points right at me. And he blows me a kiss. And I'm like, holy cow. I I did not... I probably have the dumbest reaction ever. I felt so stupid. Because in the moment, I was like, he did not do that to me. I did not... I, I denied it. I was like, no, that not did not just happen. Turn around towards, like, my dad and these nice people we were kind of making friends with that were, um, you know, fans of Tommy and whatnot. And we were talking to them. You know, we ate together and whatnot. And keep saying whatnot. <laughs> um, and they were like, oh, my goodness. That did not just happen. And I was like, wait. So they saw that. And everybody around me was like, he pointed to you. And a lot of people were looking at me. And I was like, oh my goodness, that really did happen, and I was, like, shocked afterwards, I still am to this day, I did not have a crazy reaction, I bet he was kind of like, okay, whatever, um, I also was kind of glad that I didn't have a crazy reaction, because I didn't want to embarrass myself, um, and I don't even know if I would have had a crazy reaction, you know, but it was more shock than anything, and I was like, oh my goodness, Like, 
what? <laughs> um, like, not everyone can say that C. Thomas Howell pointed them out in the crowd and just blew them a kiss. Like, that's pretty darn cool, okay? And we're talking about C. Thomas Howell, who had been in, like, E.T. He was the main character in The Outsiders, Pony Boy Curtis. Um, he was also in, like, oh, Grandview, USA. I haven't seen that yet, but it has... But he's in it with Patrick Swayze. He starred in three films with Patrick Swayze. So there was, like, The Outsiders. There was, um... Why am I going blank? Grandview, USA, and then... I feel like there was another one. Oh, there was Red Dawn? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why it was, like... I said there was three, and for some reason I forgot there was three. But, yeah, he they starred in three films together. Um, and I was, like... Oh my goodness, like, when I started thinking about it afterwards, I was like, whoa, 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 what the heck, he was friends with all these people, he worked with these people, you know, and I was like, wait, he worked with, like, Rob Lowe, and they were basically brothers on set, on the side of The Outsiders, I mean, their characters were brothers, but I know Rob said that, you know, whenever he was asked in an interview, like, a few months ago, like, what cast member he bonded with the most like he said he knew a lot of those actors already um but he said that he bonded the most with c thomas howell and you know they i think they even maybe shared a hotel room there was all this stuff and i think i wonder if you know the director coppola kind of intended it to be that way like he wanted them to be together because they were brothers and they were really close like their characters were brothers and they're really close but I was like, whoa, that's so crazy. What the heck? Um, and it was just so surreal. He was so nice and so down to earth. Um, his music was very country. And I must say, I've changed a lot as a person. I used to hate country music. I used to hate anything country. I was like, I am a a city girl and what's funny is I would sing like I would listen to a lot of Taylor Swift and I would even sing a lot of Taylor Swift when I was younger and I remember going to the store to buy was it Sparks Fly is that the album name I think you guys know what I mean I think pretty sure it's Sparks Fly and um anytime I was mad at anyone or I was like wanting to go and move into a big city I'm not like from a small town or anything but like where I live people would kind of consider you being country if you know what I mean and I say y'all so I don't know but what's weird though is I like swore I was gonna move to a big city like New York one day I was going to be this big city girl I was gonna have like a really businessy job and all this stuff and then I went to like I don't know skip it skip forward like I don't know like 10 years or something and or even more than that and it's like wait you've changed a lot Allie you've changed a lot you know and I've changed in a good way you know but like also it's like I'm I'm embracing the fact of where I'm from where I live more which is great because I was, like, so against that when I was younger, but it's, like, it shocks me to think to this day, wow, <laughs> country music has grown on me. I, I started taking horseback riding lessons. I'm taking a break at the moment because um, I'm trying to find a better 
place to take lessons at and I haven't really had time to do the research I needed and I'm really sad because my boots are collecting dust and I I need to keep them um broken in but it's so hard because it's like if I'm not writing you know like why would I wear my boots but I could wear them throughout the house they're just really dirty so I'd have to clean them off um I guess I could just wear them around the backyard or something which is kind of weird Anyways, like, I I just fully embraced that, and I was telling some friends the other month, I was like, oh my goodness, like, I'm just embracing the whole country thing. I was, you know, driving home from horseback riding lessons on a Saturday morning, you know, had the windows down, I was blasting country music, and was kind of, you know, taking country roads um, to get back kind of in a more, like, suburban area, and... I just had that moment. I was like, had my boots on, you know, I had like blisters on my feet from my boots and stuff and from riding, you know, I was like, I had my hair in pigtail braids. I had like dirt all over me and I probably smelled horrible, but like for that moment, it just, it felt so good. I felt so happy and I felt so free. And that's something that I feel like embracing that country life makes me feel now like I used to felt like I felt like I was like missing out or something if I ever like chose to embrace that kind of lifestyle but I came to a point where I was like that's the only lifestyle that makes sense for me right now like it just seems peaceful and and like I would love to just think that I could like go on my ranch or something and go ride my horse like saddle my horse like tack my horse up and everything and then ride my horse in an open field and watch the sunset like, that, to me, sounds like the best day ever. And I was kind of like, wow, I had one of those country moments. So, I mean, to be honest, like, it was, my sister wasn't a big fan of the music because she was like, this is so country, I don't like this. And I was like, oh my goodness, I actually kind of like it. Um, he performed covers of songs. He performed some original songs. My favorite song that he performed was the first one called Just a Man, and it was based off of his career, and he was kind of like, it was, ton, there were tons of references to all the films he had been in and everything, and I loved it because he mentioned, like, Patrick Swayze, um, and what's crazy is he told us a story, and I don't think anyone really knows the story in Hollywood, but it's that it's the fact that, like, C. Thomas Howell was actually the original marty mcfly for back to the future he auditioned they really liked him um he did a lot of stuff with like leah thompson and everything and they were going through the profit process and he was kind of like oh my gosh this might actually be happening and then they replaced him with a different guy can't remember his name and then eventually michael j fox was the only one that satisfied everybody's wants and needs for that film And then he ended up becoming a big star. I mean, Michael J. Fox was already a big star, but he was even more of a big star after the big three Back to the Future films. So it was just really, I I, I think it was funny because he says that I went, in the song, he says, I went back to the future before Michael J. Fox. And I was like, oh my goodness, what did he mean by that? And then he told us that story and I was like, whoa, that's, that's funny. And then when we did the meet and greet and everything he was super nice I told him that I went to the museum and he's like oh did you like it and I was like yes it was so cool he's like it's pretty awesome they did a great job um and then 
I said, what else did I say? Oh, and then whenever he was done, like, showing it, like, not showing, (laughs) whenever he was done signing my book and my poster, my movie poster, he, um, no, 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 he didn't do anything. I gave him my, I painted a picture, and I gave it to him, and it was, like, the nothing gold can stay part of the movie of The Outsiders, I painted that, I gave it to him, and I even wrote him, like, a little letter, and I gave it to him, and he thought it was super sweet, and he gave me a hug, I was like, oh my goodness, I didn't even have to ask for a hug, he just went in for a hug, it was super sweet, and then, um, then I took a picture with him, and afterwards, me and another girl asked him if, you know, he was still in contact with the cast from The Outsiders, and he said, oh yeah, like, we're a tight-knit group, you know, we might not see each other that often, but we're definitely in contact. I was like, really? And he's like, yeah, and I was like, oh my gosh, and then we asked him if he was ever thinking about bringing his movie music to the studio, because he hasn't professionally recorded anything yet, and he says, you know, I wanted to, I'm hoping to, he said, I wanted to just see how things would go, you know, with the tour and whatnot, and and we were like, please do. I was like, it's so good. And um, one of them mentioned how she really liked the song Ride that he wrote for his dad. And I was like, it was so sweet. And I was like, it made me want to cry. And he was like, aw. <laughs> um, it was really, it was really, really, really special. And I was still like, oh my goodness. Um, because out of all the characters in The Outsiders, I probably relate the most to Johnny and Ponyboy. Um, and Tommy played Pony Boy. So for me, I was like, wow, this is really, really special. You know, I relate a lot to this character. Um, so much that one of my friends started calling me Pony Girl sometimes. I was like, oh my goodness. So it was quite surreal. And I was like, wow, this, this is amazing. I feel really, really, really blessed to be able to say that I met him, I talked to him, interacted with him, he hugged me, he signed my stuff, he was such a down-to-earth man, and just really talented, um, a great storyteller, yeah, and he said that, you know, he owes a lot of his songwriting skills and his storytelling skills to the fact that he was just in Hollywood for so long, and of course, he's still acting, he's still doing stuff, um, but very much more so, it's like helping him with this new path that he wants to pursue, which I think is great. Um, so that that's, it's so surreal to think about it. I still feel so blessed. And it's something that I will not forget, you know. It's like something that I can tell my kids one day. And as someone who's becoming this big 80s movie buff, it's like really, really, really special to think that I met one of the, you know, 80s heartthrobs, um, and he knew a bunch of other 80s heartthrobs that I loved and even worked with them on films and stuff, which is truly amazing to think about, and it's something that still feels like a dream, it feels surreal, um, I don't think I've ever experienced anything like this before, like, I've never ever been able to meet an actor from a film I loved, never and I've met some artists that I've kind of liked never like I never met anyone that like I don't know how to describe it like anyone that was like super big 
you know, or, like, super big at one point, like, I've met, like, a K-pop group, which is pretty amazing, but it's not like I met BTS, you know, and then I met, but for me, I was like, this this K-pop group was, like, way better than a lot of the big groups out there of course people would disagree with me but that's how I felt so to me I was like no you should be on the level same level as BTS but if I say that people would probably want to kill me um which is one of the reasons why I kind of left that fandom because people were really protective like threatening possessive it was just it was really weird it was a toxic environment I kind of expressed that before, but it's kind of scarred me, like, fandom-wise and stuff, but I'm like, whatever, I'm just, I'm just not gonna go back there for a while. It's like, I will support these groups from afar, you know, and I will continue to do so. I'll continue to, like, think about how cool it was that I got to meet one of my favorite bands and, you know, I, that I own three of their albums, um, I even, like, bought one of them from Korea to make sure it was going towards their charts um, because they're all about their music charts over there. (laughs) So it was, it was really, it was a really special fun time and it was great. But, you know, um, I also got to meet Echo Smith before. Um, They're a sibling band. I'm sure you've heard of their songs, Bright and Cool Kids, very popular. Um, my dad was a pretty big fan of Echo Smith, and I always thought their music was really good, and so the VIP tickets were really reasonable. Same thing for, like, Tommy. It was so cheap. It was, like, $60 for me to meet Tommy. It was great. Um, it was pretty chill and laid back. I love how it wasn't, like, everybody, like, come and take a turn and move on. It was, like, he was going around the room, you know, just like he was just at this social gathering, you know? which was great, um, and he come, came up to, like, my table first, like, um, so that was pretty special, I'm trying to think, I also got to meet Matt Marr, he's a popular Christian singer, he was definitely more popular in the earlier 2000s, like, not early 2000s, but kind of, like, maybe, like, 2010-ish, um, I grew up listening to, to a lot of Matt Marr, um, my mom was a huge fan, she still likes listening to his music every now and then. Um, I mean, I certainly do. Uh, so that was really cool. I got to meet him when I was really young. That was really special. So I met him. And that's all I can think of. Like, I've been to the Shawn Mendes concert. My dad actually did, like, this little, like, bet thing at this conference he was at you had to bid for the tickets and he got so for the price that he paid which is not that much um he won and those tickets were worth a lot of money because it was kind of like a vip lounge area and it was like four tickets so my dad and my mom came and then i went with my friend who also was a big like sean mendez fan and really liked going to concerts so we went to that for my birthday several years ago. So that was really special. Um, and Charlie Puth opened for him. So that was really cool to be able to hear them both live. Um, 
I got to see Bastille live. We were really close. I went with my friends. They had an extra ticket. Um, their friend was supposed to go, I think, or their cousin, I think. Can't remember. And something came up. They weren't able to come. And so they were like, hey, Allie likes going to concerts. So let's take her. Um, yes, I like going to concerts. So if you want to invite me to a concert, I will make sure you have a great time. Uh, yeah, so that's pretty much where I've, like, concerts I've been to and, you know, famous people I've met. I wouldn't say I've never met anyone that people would be like, oh my gosh, I know who you're talking about. I know that, like, that's a big 80s star. You know, a lot of parents would know who C. Thomas Howell is and, you know, older people. Um, so I just think, wow, that's kind of, it's kind of cool to be able to say that I met him. Super great guy, super down to earth. Um, he's probably going to do a tour again and come back here again. So that makes me happy. I'll have to go again. It was fun. Um, I really liked where they had the concert too. It was a great atmosphere. Very country. It was cute. It was fun. I will definitely hold on to that memory for forever. And it's really special because... Again, it's like, I can say that I've met one of my favorite actors, you know? It's just, what? What in the world? Um, And I actually was almost going to meet Rob Lowe, which is kind of another story for another time. And I'm kind of glad I, okay, I'm, I'm not glad I didn't, but I'm glad that I didn't embarrass myself in front of him. Because there was a possibility that if I met him, I was going to embarrass myself very greatly in front of him. That's another story. The story about how I almost met Rob Lowe. Um, which is actually my all-time... Well, not my all-time. But one of my current favorite actors at the moment. Just because he cracks me up. And he's literally just... Oh, golden. Um, so, yeah. I've already talked quite a bit about Rob on these podcast episodes. So... That's just kind of my opinion on the whole situation, you know. I've done a lot of, I've watched a lot of just random videos on the internet of just like Rob Lowe interviews. <laughs> um, I've read a lot of Rob Lowe articles. My f- relatives have sent me Rob Lowe articles. It's just, it's great, you know. It's it's funny. I love it. <laughs> um but yeah, I, it's another another time I will tell you the story about how I almost met Rob Lowe, but I didn't. It was kind of like almost as a really, sh- like, that's the key word there, okay? <laughs> I really tried to. It was close, okay? So that's for next time. It gives you guys something to look forward to because I have no idea where I'm going with this podcast episode. or Not this episode, but this podcast series at this rate I'm like I just want to start over but we'll see anyways I have to get going my class is like starting in a few minutes and I'm a tiny bit late because we're supposed to come a little early but anyways I am praying for you guys hoping everyone is having a great week so far thank you so much for listening and tune in next time